Welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast, everyone. This is NCAA Women's Championship Snap Reaction Edition. I am Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack. Special shout out to the people watching live on YouTube. Remember, you can subscribe to the Flow Track Podcast YouTube page, or you can listen to the audio format wherever you're getting your podcasts these days. Gordon, it's a wrap. We're done with NCAAs. Yeah, it seems like yesterday we were getting ready for cross-country season, and now indoors is over, and now outdoors is over. And it went by really quick. These four days go by really quick, even though it's a long time to have, you know, four different days of competition to get through. It, it felt like yeah. a one day. It just felt like a weekend. It didn't feel that long. Um, and the women, you know, they did a great job at ending the meet. With some fireworks, the Florida women win the team title. Once again, kind of similar to the men. Texas men were favorite. Florida wasn't. Florida found a way to have great runners in every event, take the victory. And then an even more impressive win was this Florida women's team because that Texas women's team mm -hmm. was good. And the Texas women scored a lot of points, but Florida was just even better. They were at a different level. They, yeah. nothing went wrong. They just knew how to put every single event together. They didn't really lose out on any points. They might've had a couple fifth to sixth, but the people who needed to win won, and that's what mattered most. So big ups to the Florida Gator women and the men for that matter, uh, pulling off the, the, the sweep, the team sweep. I think it's probably the first mm -hmm. time in coach Holloway's career that the men and women have won the same year. I'm making that sad up. They seem but I to believe it's probably the first time. <laughs> they seem they were getting points from everywhere. There was just yeah. a point in the meet was like, all right, what do they got going on in the field? Oh, points. Oh, what do they got going on in the in the quarter? Oh, they're going to win that. Oh, they got some 800 meter points. Oh, Anna Hall's points. running every single points. event. It was just everywhere. And you're right, Texas is really really good. Florida was just better. All right, let's start though with this single race that you and I were most excited about seeing. I think most people. This was the race that they had tabbed for basically since indoors, right? We wanted to see the women's 200. We wanted to see Favreau Feely versus Abby Steiner. Favreau Feely had the collegiate record. Favreau Feely had the SEC victory. And this lived up to it. This was sensational because up until this point in the meet, you know, the weather wasn't great out there. None of the times were particularly like, whoa. And NCAA always gives you a couple of moments where you're like, wait, what? A collegiate ran that fast? And Steiner delivered in this race, 21.80, smashes the collegiate record that was held by Ophelia, as I mentioned, fastest time in the world this year. And a little bit similar, I thought, Gordon, to the Joseph Fondelet situation the year before, or the, the day before, where you saw hints of it in the 100, because she came on really strong in the back half of the 100. And that made me think, all right, she's rolling. And her bend was really good. And then at that point, it was it was over for her. And Ophelia, I mean, still ran a really good time. Not a PR for her, but still a really solid time. You're just going against the, the fastest 200-meter runner in collegiate history in Steiner. Yeah. And she was, at that time, the fastest because she was the collegiate record holder herself. Yeah, that's true. But um, we knew, or at least the world knew, that this was going to be the marquee matchup. You have kind of round one going down or round one early and in, during indoors. Steiner took indoors and SEC outdoors. Mm -hmm. 
Feely kind of got her like come back right there by winning four by one, one and two and uh, having a crazy record. But then yeah, when yeah. it came down to the NCAA 200, man, Steiner not only came up to that challenge and surpassed the challenge of one just beating Ophelia, but mm-hmm. running 21 8, mm-hmm. number two, one in the world right now, that would have been top, I believe, five last year. And last year was a crazy year for the yeah. women's 200. Yeah. And I, I, I obviously, you mm-hmm. know, I've been a big Abby Steiner stan. I believe that she was going to be one of our next great. Uh, women's sprinters, especially in the 200. Injuries and COVID kind of put a little halt on that, but I think we're now seeing it. I mean, you now can't deny 21-8, winning the collegiate record, beating a really good Ophelia in not great conditions. Mm -hmm. Women's 200 has a new invite to the party. Obviously, you have the Jamaican trio. You have Gabby Thomas. Mm -hmm. You have a few others, Dean Asher-Smith. Shawnee Milawebo when she wants to. But I think they need to now open arms and welcome Abby Steiner to the club because Abby Steiner ran like a world finalist. She ran like a potential world medalist. She, yeah. Th- this was her coming out party. And she's now, like, in my opinion, not just a top NCAA athlete, but, you know, she's going to be winning Diamond Leagues very, very soon. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, let's pump the brakes on that. But oh, well, no, I think it, pump the brakes. No, no, come on. I, I mean, any, anything. Level. Uh-huh, yes, 100%. But you go back and look at collegians in the past. Sometimes yeah. it pans out that summer. Sometimes it doesn't. True. Right. I can give you I can give you just as many examples of people who don't even make the team as I can people who went on to Worlds. But I do think everything is on the table. Like, I don't think anybody can watch that and say, well, there's no way she's going to get a medal. But I also think we've seen this so many times before. This is such a grueling season for these collegiate athletes. They run a lot. What did she split in that four by four? Something nuts. 48 seconds. Sub 49. Yeah. She's running a lot. She's racing a lot. You know, if she can continue it, I think, I think obviously she's a favorite to make the team. But if she goes out there and doesn't, I, I wouldn't be surprised by that either. I don't think that takes anything from, away from the season. I think that's just the nature of a collegiate running a longer calendar than the pros are but long term yeah 100 like absolutely it, it it bodes well for her i just want to know the who are the people that you're addressing that didn't know abby Steiner was good before today like where where do those people live do they watch track they obviously don't subscribe to this channel because you've been talking about her for like three years i think everybody was aware that she was good and capable no, of this i think she broke the clean, th- no they were aware the that she was good indoors. they were aware that she was good they weren't aware that she was great. And 21-8 is great. That's not good. That's not 21 high nines. That's not 22 flats. 21-8 is okay. a new category that only the best in the world go to, not the best in a country or in a college division. So that's what I think. I think we were waiting for the big like drop because this wasn't a, a win in 21-99, similar to other typical low 22-second 200s. This was a breakaway yeah, right. from a, into a different tier, in my opinion. I could ask you this question. You've obviously have heard me talk about my thoughts on Abby Steiner's bit. ability to be a great sprinter for three years. Yeah. Does this performance kind of give you a little bit of eye, right, Gordon? I guess you kind of were right. You, you kind of saw it. 
that, before anyone else? Come on. I got to get a little I, bit of credit. I, no? I see every track performance through the prism of how does this make Gordon look? Does this make Gordon look good or bad? So I, I like okay. you putting it in this. No, I mean, you, you pick someone every year and they do well. You're like, yes, victory. I, I, I take your point. 2180 is different than a 22 flat. I just thought this result was – we said the collegiate record is going to go down at NCAAs. We thought that there's no way. And at the beginning part of the meet, when I saw like the 100, 1, and 11, I thought, eh, maybe it's not that fast of a day. Maybe we're actually not going to see that. But she is so good. And, and Ophelia, you know, was good too, good enough to push her. They're so good that it didn't matter. Now, I know they got a pretty solid tailwind behind them. They were able to run that fast regardless. So, no, it, it lines up with everything I thought about her. I'm more impressed with her than you picking her. I got to be honest. If I, if I was kind of – if I was allocating and I had to dole out who I'm impressed by of Abby Steiner's performance, if it was a pie chart, 100% would be Abby Steiner and 0% would be Gordon Mack. That's I will petition that I should get a little bit of percentage of impressment because I picked her three years ago. That's a long game. That's a long play. Why, three you, years. I didn't you pick her, her last three years week. ago. No, 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 no. You picked her three years ago to win three years ago. You didn't pick her three years ago to win in 2022. You had her on the team last year, right? I mean, she got hurt. All right. Yeah, she got hurt. She got I hurt. will say this. I will say this, though. Ophelia, three years younger than Steiner. She's going to be a superstar, too. Oh, 100%. In this, in yeah. this event. So. All right. Showing consistency, being able to being able to run low twenty twos consistently now. That's that's a mark of like you're not a flash in the pan. You can get through rounds mm -hmm. at a, an elite level. Yeah, I'm gonna say right now, twenty twenty eight gold medalist in the two hundred favor Ophelia, and then I want you to give me credit for that because that's actually a prediction I'm making in the future. Okay. Will you do that for me? Fair enough. I will. In the pot. I will glad six to give years you from now. Glad. Thank you. All right. Appreciate that. Anna Hall, man. Anna Hall. I don't even know how to quantify what she did it is remarkable you don't see someone do a multi-event another event double that's not supposed to happen because part of the multis that's important for people to realize is the word multi multiple events she's already doing seven things and then she jumps in and does another thing so she gets second in the foreign hurdles to Britton wilson who's incredible had an amazing season no shame in finishing behind Britton wilson she has, you time this, a 21 minute and 49 second break between the Formula Hurdle final and the 800 final, which was the last event in the heptathlon. She was so far ahead, she basically just needed to finish that heptathlon 800. Everybody looks tired at the end of a heptathlon, a decathlon. They all sit down on the ground and are just completely done. Anna Hall looked like a whole new level of fatigue at the end of that. And you can totally understand why, because... You're not – no one's really built to do an all-out 400-meter hurdle and then an 800, 22 minutes apart. No one would even try to do this in a practice, I don't think. I'm just so impressed with her. It's also interesting because, you know, typically among track teams, you always have to debate what's the hardest event in track and field. And typically yeah. the top two are the 400-meter hurdles and the 800. So she's decided to do the two hardest events in track and field within 20 yeah. minutes of each other. I don't want to get too far ahead because we'll have time to have the Bowerman conversations, but she has a unique candidacy. I will say that. Because you got people with collegiate records, you got people with amazing doubles, or even more than doubles because between indoor and outdoor, I'm thinking of her teammate, Jasmine Moore, right? Double-double. 
in the long and the triple jump. But are we going to see another Anna Hall once Anna Hall leaves? No. Also, Anna Hall probably doesn't even do this if Grace Stark doesn't get hurt. Anna Hall had to do this. If Anna Hall doesn't do this, there's a chance Florida doesn't – I mean, I think they won mm-hmm. by maybe more, more than eight points, so maybe it didn't matter. But they, they were relying on her to do something that's never been done before to keep them in the conversation for winning a team yeah. title. And her they, – you know, they chose to take advantage of eight extra points that she was able to get behind Britton Wilson, who had a great 400-meter hurdle run. Yeah. Yeah. And credit to Wilson for, for getting it done there. Goes sub 54. Dominate the race. Hall came on in the last 100. It was all about Wilson. And I think if Wilson decides to do the 400 hurdles and not the 400 at USA's, it's going to be fun to watch her in a race with really high level competition, AKA Sydney McLaughlin. Yeah. AKA the highest level of competition anybody in history has ever had to run against. You got to feel for Wilson. I mean, if you're, if you're her, she now running well in these 400 hurdles. Well, she's going to make the team yeah. if she runs it. If you, Muhammad has the five. But if you're her, do you enter the 400 hurdles or do you enter the open 400? I enter – if it's me, I do the quarter. But I think she makes – I think she can make it in the 400 hurdles because past Sydney, there's still two more spots on there that non-Muhammad people can get, and I think she yeah. would get that. Right, like, I don't see any other U.S. person clearly at the level of Britton Wilson right now. Yeah. Um, let's talk more barriers, though. Women's steeple. I mentioned the meet got off kind of slow, just in terms of times and expectations, but not on the uh, distance side of things, because Courtney Wayman just destroyed the collegiate record in the women's steeple, nine sixteen flat. Now couple numbers to realize here so she breaks it by over eight seconds she sets a 10 second pb and then wins the race by about nine seconds over kaylee delay who herself put together a masterpiece she kaylee delay goes 925 that's an all-time mark as well too in the women's steeple only uh uh waymit and ferrix are faster for delay yeah so you're watching this race and waymit breaks away and then it's just like you know, there's a huge gap there, but then you're seeing delay move her way up and you're trying to figure out, all right, you're not looking at the splits. How fast is she actually going? Like, oh, they're both running really fast. <laughs> like everybody's running fast. Wayman is just on a completely different level from everybody else. Yeah. Impressed with the time. I was expecting her to run in the 920s, maybe a, like an, you know, a 926 to 23 range. Yeah. To kind of be 10 seconds faster than that is incredible. And it, you juxtapose this with Corny Frerichs actually ran a steeple <laughs> yesterday at the Portland Track Festival. Yeah. Did you see how fell. fast she ran? Yeah, well, she fell. She fell. And it was in okay. pouring rain. So I'm not okay. going to put, I'm not okay. going to put Wayman ahead of her. Yeah. But I'm going to put, I'm going to put Wayman in the mix for the team again. I mean, a 916 um, stacks up real nicely for her. I thought. I thought last year she had a chance at the team, but then she didn't end up winning NCAAs, and then that seemed far-fetched at that point. Clearly, she's on a different level from that, and if you're running in the mid-19s, you're, you're doing really well. I also, this is a fun, this is Kevin's stat of the day. 
six consecutive. We need we need a song. Yeah. All right, start of the day. Presented by nobody. Here we go. Yeah. That's this makes six consecutive championships where BYU women have won a distance title in some way, shape, or form. So Weymouth Steeple indoors, Weymouth 5K cross country in 2021. Orton won it individually. 2021 outdoors, Anna Camp won the 1500. 2021 that spring cross country, they won it as a team. And then that indoor meet that year, Weymouth in the 3K and then the DMR won. That's pretty impressive. I was trying to think of other distance programs that had that streak. I can't think of any. This is especially when you when you go to cross country, there's only two titles that are right. There's not a bunch of events. It's either you either yeah. win it individually, you win the team. That's it. So that uh, in and of itself eliminates a lot of teams. And it's a it's not just one person winning it all. Weymouth's obviously shouldered a lot of that, but you got Orton in there, you got Anna Camp in there, and you got also you know the all those teammates on the on the DMR. So Weymouth, collegiate record, nice work. Uh, David says that's the first non-Mountain West champ since 2016. That's a good stat. In the steeple? Is that right? I guess Ali Ostrander, Air Force runner. Yeah. Oh, me- yeah. Mexico. Mahela Norris won it. Yeah. Yeah, Mahela Norris. Yeah. That's a better that's a, stat. My, that's my a, stat segment yeah. just got one-upped by the chat there. Yikes. That's a good, that's a good stat. All right, stay on the distance for a moment. Caitlin Tui, 15-18. 5K, go. Yeah, I mean, this was not as dramatic as I thought it would be. I thought we would have a more of a closer, you know, pen relays, four-by-mile-esque type finish between Roe, Chalenga, Gregory, and Tui. But it did not play out that way. Parker Valby, who, my goodness, like lot of guts to like just not really be anywhere in the conversation and say, hey, I'm just going to put myself in it and see what happens. And sometimes you do that and it blows up in your face. But in this situation, she was able to take advantage of this and pull the, the lead pack down to about four or five. She was able to hold on for a second, which is incredible. I think I, think I had to rank sixth, maybe fifth to seventh. So second is incredible for the freshman. Valby, remember when she went out hard in the cross country championships? But uh, Tui, clearly there was no one who was going to challenge her. She made the move 600 meters out. I was kind of worried. I was like, uh oh, Caitlin, like last time you made a move early, it didn't work out. But clearly there was no one who was even in her conversation when she made that move. So it ended up being actually the good decision because she opened up a 15 meter, 20 meter, 30 meter lead and then was able to cruise home sailing to win her first title, which is pretty cool for Caitlin Tui being the, the, in the spotlight her entire time since she's was like 14 years old, you know, dealing with injuries, dealing with the COVID thing and all that stuff. And then finally in what year two, she'd been there for two years now, year two as a, you're, you're muted. Year two. She's a sophomore. Sophomore. Yeah. In year two. She wins a title. I was muted. You're right. How many times can I say the phrase year two? Year two, year two. Year two, year two. Well, year two is when Grant Fisher won, so that's a little. Yeah, a little little different because the the COVID year, but uh, I called it. The 5Ks were going to be all about Penn Relays Redemption. Olin Hacker, 
fell in the four by mile, wins 5K title here. Caitlin Tui uh, gets beat by Chrissy Gear, wins the title here. I really, I really think that was the story. Jordan, everybody I mean, had pen relays on their mind. The, I have pen relays on my mind all the time. I was thinking about it all day today when I was paddleboarding 10 miles. I was just thinking about pen relays. Congrats, by the way, on that. All right, let's go to the quarter. Delete the digs, 49.99. Nice comeback here. Alexis Holmes was out and out pretty far there. Diggs reeled her in. Holmes eventually slid back into fourth. But this was all about Diggs, who, who goes sub-50, which this year, right, only three other women have run sub-50 this year. So that's a notable performance for Talitha Diggs. This is obviously huge in the team race because you had Texas women in this race as well. So for Diggs to go in there and get 10 points, was this the turning point? Like when you were doing your projections, did this swing it a little bit in Flora's direction? This was one of many turning points. Um, we could t I'll talk about later in the pod, the ultimate turning point. But this, I mean, I had Diggs getting second or third. So she was supposed to score high up. But anytime you go from six points to 10 points, four points is a lot. And it's hard. You can't just make up four points in many events. So um, she was always in contention to win it. I just thought Cherokee Young being the only one who was kind of the collegiate leader, I thought she would mm -hmm. hold on. But Talitha Diggs, similar to how, like, Jean Burrell, you know, you time your peak at the right moment in the final of your event. It's Who cares yeah. about SCC prelims and right, random right. 400 at Mount Sac relays? It's all about what you do in that, that last race. And Talitha Diggs saved the best for last. Women's 100, Julian Alfred ran 11.014 to Kevin Nelson's 11.020. Steiner finished third. We mentioned that already with that, with that hard close, but Alfred gets the win. 60, I think there's a little bit of redemption for indoors because 60, we thought she'd win indoors. And then it didn't come together for her and, and she got it done here, although very close at the line. I thought Nelson ran a really good race to be in the mix. Yeah, that was close. This had a very similar vibe, in my opinion, to the men's 100, where you look at the, the PBs on this field from, there's a lot of 10.8s and 10.9s, and then for no one to break 11 seconds, it was a little disappointing. Obviously, it's because of the weather and just the way it unfolded. Um, but outside of not really having like a incredible 10.8 win or 10.9 win, um, just... Mm -hmm. The best runner won. I mean, Julian Alford has been the best 100-meter runner all year long. She was great in the 60, but that false start, it, it happens. Um, she was able to, you know, end her season with a high note. And I look at Julian Alford as a legitimate, you know, she's going to – forget what country she's from. What country? Julian Alford? St. Lucia. St. Lucia. I think she's going to run well, and I think she's going to be – a, like a fringe wildcard factor when it comes to world championships in a month. Mm. Are you going to do a whole pod, Frint, Gordon's fringe wildcards? Yeah, fringe wildcards, yes. Okay. I got like a 10-part hour series on fringe wildcards. <laughs> if you didn't think wildcards were wild enough, Gordon introduces his fringe wildcards. Uh, high hurdles. Talk about somebody who can make the team. Aliyah Armstrong. That was domination. 1257. Yeah, 
she's been running up well all season long. Good field. Jasmine Jones is pretty good. Um, the hurdles, you know, we're, we're kind of waiting to see. Obviously, we at the non-U.S. level, Jasmine Camacho Quinn has been like mm-hmm. the kind of taking over from Kenny Harrison. But like at the U.S. level, we're still waiting to see if there's a new dominant U.S. It might still yeah. actually just be Kenny Harrison. But Lee Armstrong coming here yeah. in college, she she's going to be someone to look she for in uh, USA's. Yeah. I think she could make up the team. Or I think she could make the team for sure. I mean, just that whole group, I talked about it in last pod or two pods ago. It's just a, it's a log gym in there. All right. Next up, uh, 1500. Visa of Ole Miss got the win. This race was interesting. Chrissy Gear pushed the pace early on, which kept it somewhat honest, although there was still a bunch of people still involved. De Janeiro, who can close really well, made her move on the curve. Like at the beginning of the curve, it was very interesting. Instead of waiting, you know, 300 to go, you, some, you see people, you know, really push on the backstretch or 100 to go. She really tried to go wide on the curve to get uh, around Cynthia Huvisa of, of Ole Miss. And it looked like it was going to work. Visa, though, to her credit, just didn't really budge, didn't really give up too much ground. And then the last 100 was able to, to hold on and hold her off. It was, I thought it was interesting after the race, John Anderson, um, asked Vissa, hey, did you watch Mario, Mario Garcia Romo's race the day before? Like, did you learn anything from that? And she's like, yeah, about getting boxed in. Because it was much different. It was much different. Like, she, now she didn't have, she had the benefit of, like, gear kind of pushing the pace a little bit out there. But she seemed intent on, I am not going to get boxed. I am going to be the one who responds to the moves and I'm going to go. I just thought that was interesting, learning something from from the men's race that happened. The, the day before and, and how he got, he got stuck and really couldn't do anything with, a with 80, 80 meters to go. Um, yeah. Thoughts on the 15 or do you want to talk about the eight? Um, it was kind of crazy. Similar to kind of like no one saw Joe Wascom winning the men's 15. Yeah. Christy Shawfield of Boise state winning this women's 800, which was kind of a little bit of a wide open 800. You could see it in her face and her genuine reaction. She did not believe it herself. And uh, she had a great quote post-race about like mm-hmm. something strategy. And she's, I think I'm, I'm messing up the quote, but it was something along the lines of, I'm just trying to beat the people in front of me, which is, yeah, you know, yeah. when you think about it, that's track and field. You just try to beat the people in front of you. And uh, mm-hmm. she did that. And very impressed for her. She's a senior out of Boise State. Um, Leah Miller went went for it, man. Fifty seven. Yeah. Whew. Well, she, indoors, she, right? That's how she wanted indoors. True. A couple of years ago, she went for it. It was exact same, same playbook. And I mean, maybe she goes out just a little easier. It might have worked because she held on till the straightaway, the final stretch, and then she ended up finishing back in seventh. But yeah, fifty seven nine, I think, is what she yeah, or fifty seven six. That's quick. That's aggressive. And once you do it, you can't, you can't like yeah. undo it. Yeah. Because yeah. if you try to undo it, it makes it even worse. So she knew that there was going to be a potential moment at like the, you know, 710 meter mark when it's going to mm-hmm. start changing a bit. And it, that's what happened to her. And she fell back into seventh. Uh, but yeah. kept it honest. And again, big ups to Schofield, Boise State for winning. 
Yeah. Um. All right. What else? Team a team or sorry four by one relays. Uh, Texas got the one, four by one. That's when I thought, all right, they're in good shape. Gordon yeah. thinks they're going to win by a bunch of points. They're in good shape. Four by four at the end of the meet. Obviously, it was decided by then, and Kentucky got the win. Um, ran ran really quick. Um, did want to put put this up here if we could. Gordon's ongoing. Well, it's like a one sided feud with the Florida track managers has continued. Um, they post on their Twitter account. Does Gordon Mack regret what he said in the last 10 seconds of this video? Hashtag reply. So what, we can't get audio from that, can we, Colt? Can we get audio from it, Colt? So I can tell you what can I you, say. So this is on. a video. Colt, for those... Can Colt listen to it and then Colt can read it in like a Gordon voice? Yeah. Is there a way to well, do that? Let me, I think let me explain what like this dramatic video is, reading? first of all. For the well, audio it says how Gator track and field. You're, you're going to downplay the women. This is an audio podcast. People can't read it. Some people are need to, I, like, I need to explain the audio version. All right, go. Explain it. Explain it. ASMR fans out there. Okay. What I'm saying is uh, this was me recapping how the men won yesterday. And then I ended the, it with we're moving on to the women, Texas and Florida. They're the two teams. But I am extremely confident that Texas is going to win the women's <laughs> team title. A little too confident, yeah. and clearly it did not go up, down that way. So this is what I said. What did I say? Can you play the audio? No, he can't play the audio. He's going to read it. Oh, he's going to read it. Yeah. Yeah. What did I say? We'll play it I said can – you, Can you play it so you can hear it, Cole? Cole, gonna... can you play it so just you can hear it? Okay. And it's then tell us what Gordon said. Yeah, well, yeah, I'll just play. I'm well, I'll look. read the comments. While you do that, I'm going to read the comments. Stay on Gordon's neck, someone said. I love this, another person said. And a third person said, I'm confident is how he needed it to. Ah, I say one-way rivalry because uh, they remember everything you say. And then you're – well, maybe it might be – maybe it might be two people involved in this. Maybe you are I mean, I knew that I said this, and I knew that I was wrong. But here's the thing. You if I was sometimes. right every time, I would be a billionaire, yeah. and mm-hmm. I'm not. So it's okay. It's okay yeah. to be wrong, and I'm wrong. I'm struggling. Well, when I'm right, find, you're going to hear it. I'm struggling to find exactly what is being pointed out. Unfortunately, I think they're saying Gordon knows what he said better than I don't know. What, yeah. I don't know what they're saying. I basically say Texas is going to win, and they don't. All right, I was giving you a chance, Colt, to do like a dramatic reading. To use your, you know, flex some of those improv muscles there. The time code is the time code is not helping. I I don't know what the last ten <laughs> seconds of the video means. There's nothing. It's just you talking, just Kevin talking. So I'm not sure. It's, oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, so they're coming at me. I don't they're know. Tag me in that. Then. I don't know. They're what, coming at me. I don't know what specifically. They're All right. At. So so they're so they're opening this battle on another front. All right, track managers, what's up? All right. Anything else? You you want to talk about the team race real quick? Oh, uh, big. Obviously, Florida, we know what they did with Anna Halls, Talitha Diggs, um, Jasmine Moores in the, in the long jump and triple jump. Uh, I, the big difference, there was two main things. Yeah. It really was two Texas women not performing to where they should have, and that was Tyra Gittens. She was supposed to be top three in the high jump. She doesn't even score, the Texas mm-hmm. A&M transfer. So that was a big hurt. And then the other big hurt was they had a heptathlon heptathlete texas did Mm -hmm. who fouled in the long jump she probably would have finished second or third in the heptathlon but the foul in the long jump basically means no points so that's missing of probably anywhere between 14 to 16 points 
And that's a lot to yeah. lose. And, you know, Florida didn't lose anything. Like, that's part of the game. You have to try to meet your expectations. And Florida was able to meet every single expectation that was put upon them. Texas was only able to meet, like, 80% of the expectations. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we got another show coming up tomorrow. Um, I'm sure we missed some stuff. I'm sure we missed some stuff. We'll get to it or throw it in the comments for tomorrow. We'll talk about it. So tomorrow we're going live 5 p.m. Central recapping. What's that? New York Grand Prix? Is that what we're calling it? I think I just put Grand Prix at the end of track. Every track meet, if I don't know the name of it, I just put Grand Prix at the end of it. So 5 p.m. Central tomorrow, we'll we'll go into the pro side of things. We've had college the last couple of days. We'll go back to the pros. So we're continuing our six-day streak of podcasts. Gordon is playing with his phone. So, so for those who doing? listened to the pod yesterday, I told you I was going on a 10-mile paddock trip. And you think that Kevin thought I wasn't going to make it back alive? Here's me going down a waterfall. I'm going to just show the video. And Why don't falling you just off send this to Colt? This is good. Why don't you send this there to I'm Colt? There Going down the waterfall. And then I, I, I fall. Oh, wow. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. You paddleboarded or you kayaked? Paddleboarded. Okay. Or do a replay. Quintessential Austin activity. It's, there he is. Boom. And then... Wow. Oh, he's got... Oh. Oh. Down he goes. Down he goes. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Well, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, stay tuned to the site. And subscribe to the YouTube page if you haven't yet. We'll be back tomorrow, Sunday, 5 p.m. Central Time, to recap the New York Grand Prix. Thanks to Colt for producing. Thanks to you, Gordon, for joining. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you then.